What is up, y'all? How the hell is it November? Welcome to The Rich Room. I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. Now, I've been talking a lot about enriching life and whatnot, which is absolutely crucial, but I'm sure y'all might be thinking, when is this bitch going to talk about money? Well, first, I haven't figured out the money thing yet, but I'm working on it. There was something that I realized when I left my attorney job. I was never going to get control over my time working for someone else. That's the only commodity we cannot recreate or reproduce, right? Time. And in order to get control over my time, I need to build something that I can control and automate, like mailbox money. I haven't figured it out yet, but I have improved my mindset and my mental health so much in the past few months, which definitely comes first. I saw a quote the other day that said, you cannot win in life if you're losing in your mind. Put your mental health first. The big issue that I had to overcome in my mind was believing that I wasn't a failure because of how I perceived my life ending up. Marriage had failed, law career failed, even small little setbacks I would interpret as like major life failures, which I'm sure you can imagine caused some depression. But that is only one way to look at these situations in my life. And I was also looking at failure the wrong way. I was so afraid of failure up until recently, like trying to avoid failure at all costs. But that's so unrealistic. I feel like if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. So you get your rich bitch tip at the top of the key today. Embrace failure. But the thing about failure is that most of society sees failure as a bad thing. So you're going to have to be strong in embracing failure and drowning it all out. Mindset is first, though. Money will come. In addition to mindset, I've decided to figure everything out. My skin, my diet, my workouts, my hair. Let me tell you, the hair has been a journey. I'm the only person in my family who has curly hair. I'm also the only child with dark hair and dark eyes, and I'm also the middle child, so I literally feel like the black sheep. Oh, and I had a baby in high school, a sign seal delivered. I have fought my curly hair my whole life and only recently embraced it. Really, when I was thinking about moving to Miami, I was like, I have to figure out my hair. The humidity in Miami is so constant, there would be no way I could straighten my hair on a regular basis. No fucking way. So I told myself that since I'm taking the time to heal from the breakup and all these major life changes, I'm also going to take the time to figure out my fucking hair. So I did what any good lawyer does. I googled. And I went through a little trial and error on products and hair care. And I finally found a routine that works for me. My hair was so damaged so damaged that it was falling out but it wasn't from the root like I originally thought it was breaking off because I wasn't taking care of it and I didn't know how to but now I am and my hair is thriving it's kind of exciting because I've never grown my hair out and worn it curly so this is like a journey for me I also thought about getting on the apps but that feels daunting and overwhelming And I have zero desire to do hair and makeup for a fucking date. Fuck no. When I ask myself, 
if I want to be with someone, the immediate response is a resounding fuck no. I think Whoopi Goldberg said it best when she was asked about her thoughts on marriage. She said, I don't want anybody in my house. And that's how I feel right now. Me and Whoopi. It was Halloween weekend this past weekend and you could just feel the energy in the air. Everyone is excited. Even though I'm not participating, I'm very excited about Halloween. Me and my daughter watched Hocus Pocus. Let me tell you, Bette Midler is a damn showman. I hear that there's going to be a Sister Act 3 with Bette Midler and Whoopi Goldberg. And I hope this is real because Sister Act 1 and 2 was amazing. But Sister, but Sister Act 3, I'm, I need that in my life right now. We also had a lunar eclipse this weekend. How could you not be excited? Sister Act and a lunar eclipse. I feel like this past weekend was the first time that my house felt like a home. Well, I finally got a TV. There was already a TV in my house, but I think it was the first smart TV that was ever released by Samsung. The graphics look like Minecraft, uh, so I had to get a new one. I got a new TV and a new soundbar, and I put it up myself. Well, not exactly. I put it on the stand, and actually my daughter went with me to Best Buy because I couldn't carry it alone. I got a 65-incher. For some reason, I was very intimidated to get a TV by myself. I think it's the installation part, like having to mount the TV on the wall. But these days, you can get anything done for you. Like anything. I loved my Best Buy sales associate, Rolly, like Rolly Poly. He was so knowledgeable about all the TVs, ended up getting an LG OLED or some shit. It was amazing. And I don't even have to mount it on the wall. Rolly said... I can get someone out here from Best Buy to install it. And they'll take away all of the packing material and stuff that the TV came in. You really can do anything by yourself these days. I feel like Samantha Jones in Sex and the City when she gets her fabulous new apartment and she's like, Gary, who needs a man? Well, she's not British. Gary, who needs a man? But then she gets sick and cannot close her curtains and they fall and she's all sad and then saying she needs a man. Here's the thing. When we are sick, all we want is to be taken care of. And it doesn't matter who it is. So if you don't have someone to take care of you, you feel like a sad, sick, lonely child. And that's why I take my vitamins. I don't want to get sick. That's why I've cut back so much on alcohol. When I'm hungover, I feel like a sick kid. And when you have no one around to take care of you, it can get dark fast. And also, like being in your 30s is a fucking trip. You can wake up after getting eight hours of peaceful, glorious sleep and have a brand new, unexplainable knee pain. Just cause. Just cause you're 30. So I got my TV and my soundbar all set up and I am so happy with it. Now usually signing into all my apps would be a pain in the ass, but I did an extremely important self-care act and made a document with all of my login information. Ugh, God bless me. I say that to myself when I'm surprised by a former self-care act to myself. Last time I said that, I was in New Orleans when I was at a bar on Bourbon Street and I forgot that I queued up the jukebox with some solid fucking songs. But the song that I decided to bless myself with but then forgot that I did it was Proud Mary by Tina Turner. Originally written and performed by Credence Clearwater Revival or CCR if you will. 
Honestly, almost any song that has New Orleans worked into the lyrics, even if they do pronounce it Orleans, is a favorite of mine. The way she talks in the beginning of that song, it's so different from the CCR version, you almost forget it's the same song. Damn, R.I.P. to Tina Turner. And R.I.P. to Matthew Perry, who famously played Chandler Bing on Friends. But according to an interview he did, he would rather be remembered for the work he did helping others with addiction issues. He struggled for a while with addiction issues, and if I recall correctly, he even went into inpatient treatment but continued to film for friends. Chandler Bing is iconic. We still don't know what Chandler Bing does for work. I feel like Chandler Bing kind of taught me sarcasm. I mean, could Chandler be any funnier? Matthew Perry passed away over the weekend from an apparent drowning in his hot tub. I'm not even going to speculate whether it's a substance-related death. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I honestly don't think that's the case here. Gwyneth Paltrow came out like immediately and said that her and Matthew Perry had a magical summer fling together. Who fucking knew? Matthew Perry's passing brought up a question for me. What's the cell phone iCloud protocol when you die? Like, I don't have many embarrassing things on my phone, but I'm holding on to some before photos to drop when I get into my peak physical conditions, which ain't anytime soon, and they ain't pretty. Also, I have an embarrassing amount of selfies that should never see the light of day. So, like, who gets your cell phone if you pass away? I might have to do some routine cleaning. You guys, I'm assuming since it's November, I'm not going to see that Exorcist trailer again on fucking Hulu. Um, but if I do, I might call and make a formal complaint. Like... It's actually terrifying. Can you imagine the sick fucks that work on the Exorcist movie remake? Be like, oh, bye, honey, have a great day. Um, I'm going to work on the Exorcist all day. Can you imagine the dreams you have at night? They should be studied. Guess what I did this weekend? Exactly what I fucking wanted. <sighs> it was quite wonderful. I got some exercise weights and a yoga mat. I cleaned the fuck out of my house, started the HBO series True Blood, which is one of the best decisions I've ever made. God bless me. As your maker, I command you. I had a real thing for vampires back in the day, specifically when the Twilight movies came out. While that feels like a lifetime ago, I fucking loved it. I saw the first Twilight at least 13 times. I stopped keeping count, and I may have started sneaking in. I had already given them so much money. I definitely earned a few showings of Twilight on the house after punching my card so many times. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm mulling over a Fantasia t-shirt purchase from the HBO merch store. Didn't even know there was an HBO merch store, but you're welcome. We are in November, y'all. Cuffing season is upon us. Cuffing season means the time of year when people search to date someone during the holidays so they are not alone. According to Google, cuffing season lasts from October to March. All I gotta say is, I'm good. I am happy as a clam right now, which I'm assuming a clam is fucking ecstatic. I've never been able to choose things for a house based solely upon what I like. Being alone actually feels really liberating. I don't know why we as a society put so much emphasis on coupling up. Don't get me wrong, 
I know there are like solid fucking relationships out there that are real and will stand the test of time. But in my personal experience and evidenced by the mass marriage exodus of 2023, that sort of relationship is a small percentage. I feel like the older generations really confuse the fuck out of us, but maybe that's because they might be confused as well. It's like, don't have a baby until you're financially ready, which newsflash is probably never. Then we are told that the birth rate is declining and we need to have more babies, but we can't fucking afford it. And then we're told we don't want to work and shit while having like two jobs. You can't have a single income household anymore. You just can't. And all I'm saying is once I found out that I could file a motion online without wearing a bra, my perspective significantly changed on working from home. Oh my gosh, I saw this post on Instagram and I have no idea if it's real, but it was news clippings dating periodically from 2022 back to 1894. Yeah, I said 1894. And if I counted correctly, which is possible I didn't, but if I did, there were 13 different articles from various years all saying the exact same thing. Nobody wants to work. Let me let y'all in on a little secret. Uh, No one ever in the history of time wants to work, okay? Not in the sense y'all are talking about. People want meaningful work. People want to be valued with salaries to allow them to support themselves. You should be able to survive on a full-time salary and not have to have multiple jobs. But you see it happening every day. Side hustles are becoming main events. People want their own lives instead of living at the office and just visiting home. Working in an office is a trip because you're paying for a place that you don't spend majority of your time. But you never know what life will take you. I gotta say, my life is in a completely different place than I thought it was going to be a year ago. A year ago, I thought I would be moving to Austin, Texas with my ex. I even started the process of getting my law license in Texas. And in the next few weeks, or very soon, I will be a Texas attorney. So a year ago, my mind was set on a completely different city in a completely different state, seeking a completely different career path. My point is life can change very quickly. And the universe really has a funny way of shaking things up, huh? Well, honey, the Vanity Fair article shook up the Bravo universe this week uh, and released its expose on the housewives. It focused on Bethany Frankel, duh, The article is kind of vague because it talks about one housewife and then a second housewife without even naming them. And it feels like the article had holes in it, so I'm assuming a lot of stuff had to come out. I'll give you my high points from the Vanity Fair article. First, an unnamed housewife peed the bed in Mexico after drinking too much alcohol. Who hasn't done that? I one time peed in someone else's hotel bed in my sleep after Mardi Gras and left at like 5 a.m. without telling a soul. Yep, that didn't happen. Bye. We found out that the highest paid housewives are getting a little over a million per season. That's a lot more than I thought. We learned a lot about Leah McSweeney. We learned that she got $3,000 per episode her first season and then made $250,000 for a week in Thailand on Ultimate Girls Trip. Leah was not asked to do Legacy Ultimate Girls Trip with the New York ladies. And she's saying now that she's being discriminated against for her disabilities and has filed a lawsuit. Bravo has responded and cited several instances of support. Leah stated that those offers were either taken back or not made in good faith. 
Without knowing more, this does not sound like a strong case for Leah. But it may be enough to get her past Discovery, and I think that's what this collective effort is trying to do. Get to the Discovery so they can subpoena the footage, which actually might be able to take Bravo down. Which seems to be the objective of Bethany Frankel. So again, if I was Bravo's lawyer, I'd say settle. And then update your policies surrounding these issues. The article had lots and lots of alcohol shaming. Even calling alcohol a character itself and saying that the Bravo-verse is in the midst of a reckoning. That's very dramatic. Apparently there are champagne rooms, fireball nips, and frequent vodka sodas, which quite frankly doesn't even sound that salacious. To be fair, these ladies are constantly at evening events and on vacation where it is totally acceptable to be drinking. But like, where's the level of accountability? Like, come on, Nancy Reagan, just say no. Oh, and they go for the shot ski on Watch What Happens Live. But they fail to mention that many people, including Andy, frequently take shots of water from the shot ski. Shots are very fun and ceremonious, even if it is water. Damn, fucking haters. Also, there are housewives that don't even drink at all. Candy Burris from Atlanta famously does not drink, and she is all up in the entertainment industry. Jenna Lyons and Uba Hassan from New York both do not drink and still manage to look fabulous for every event as well as keep a solid storyline. The reality is everyone, and I mean everyone's life, is very interesting if you get the opportunity to really see inside. You could just pick a random person and make a fantastic movie about their life. All you have to do is get to know them because everyone has a story. Oprah taught me that. Okay, I have an idea. Let's have a new housewife. She does not drink at all, but she smokes a shit ton of weed. I'm talking Snoop Dogg levels. Most of the time she's in the background cracking up under a cloud of smoke. And she's mic'd, but not talking to anyone. So she's saying all this hilarious shit under her breath and the ladies don't hear it until the show airs. Then boom, you have tons of material for the reunion. I would watch that housewife. That bitch would stay up with everyone else and still be fresh as fuck for yoga in the morning. We need a philosophical funny bitch on the show. I even have a good tagline for When they go low, I always go high. Andy Cohen, let's make this happen. Ebony Williams from New York was also featured in the article. We learned from Ebony that the producers would write on their phones like a damn Diplo show and like signal to the ladies on what to do. Like, but this doesn't surprise me. These shows are pretty produced and I feel like Bravo might be leaning into producing them more. The article claims that Ramona Singer allegedly used a racial slur in conversation with the crew and she also allegedly exhibited racial hostility. We heard rumblings of this, right, when the reunion for New York Housewives was supposed to film. Uh, according to a separate article, there was an investigation and apparently Ram Ramona was cleared. But Ramona got herself into a bit of trouble this week after the article was released. So, apparently Page Six reached out to Ramona via Instagram to ask for, for, to ask for her comment on the allegation in the Vanity Fair article. And based on the screenshot posted by Page Six, Ramona volunteered that she did not use a racial slur by giving an example of a racial slur. And now it's being reported that Ramona has been cut from BravoCon, which I guess is happening this weekend in Vegas. 
I recall years back when BravoCon was first announced. It seemed intriguing, but it was very expensive. And these shows are entertaining, but I don't care that much. Ebony was asked whether she would participate in assisting Bethany Frankel in organizing this movement, to which Ebony replied, and I quote, Fuck Bethany Frankel. You think I'm going to let some white girl speak for me with my experience with a multi-billion dollar corporation? No, you're not, honey. Y'all put some respect on Ebony Williams' name, okay? I love Ebony Williams. She went to my law school. Go Wolfpack. I don't think she got a fair shake at all on the one season that she was on New York Housewives. Maybe Bravo should consider adding her to the new cast of New York City. But I imagine this article might be a little bit of a bridge burning. But the fuck Bethany Frankel sentiment might have some pull. I almost wish she didn't align herself with Bethany Frankel. But she's doing great now. She has her own judge show for small claims court. And she has her own news show. She doesn't need it, but I would like to see her on the new New York Housewives. The question that keeps coming up in my mind is, what's the goal? Can we not treat reality talent and crews like we treat Screen Actors Union? I think they for sure should get residuals for their shows, and I definitely think there should be better policies in place. But really, this question is directed at Bethany. What's the goal here? Like, what do you want? When this article was posted, she called Bravo, and I quote, a drug dealer and a cult. She also called support for her movement tantamount to women's rights. Women supporting women. Wow, Bethany. Wow. Bethany is making this sound very, very dramatic, and I think that is doing her cause a disservice. I guess we will see how it all unfolds, but the only person I hear and the only person I've heard talking a bunch of shit and not delivering is Bethany Frankel and her attorney. Apple Plus should use this as a storyline on The Morning Show. I'm telling you, someone needs to hire me for all my ideas because I have so many. Back to the goal. Like, is the goal to get union status? I think there's a solid argument for that, but as you'll see, the unions really ain't doing that great right now. Well, the writer's strike appears to be coming to an end, but the actor's strike is still going. Who the fuck is negotiating this shit? Apparently, it's been going on for over 100 days. Seriously, this is taking a really long time. Y'all gotta get better lawyers. Y'all need to pull a Jeff Lewis. I don't always agree with Jeff Lewis's methods, but I have to admit, he is effective. Jeff Lewis has a show on Radio Andy with Sirius XM that I used to listen to every single day. He has a massive following. It was really my escape for like five or six years. Really until shit hit the fan in August and I just couldn't listen anymore. But one time, his brother didn't win some like neighborhood float contest that was for the 4th of July. So Jeff released the phone number of the Homeowners Association on the radio show and it was apparently who judged the contest and he asked his listeners to call the association with complaints about his brother not winning the neighborhood float contest for the 4th of July. Well, he didn't realize that the number for the association was actually the personal phone number for, I guess, the president of the association. So all these wild, revved up strangers are calling this lady with all these complaints about a 4th of July neighborhood float contest. And apparently her husband or family member was dying in hospice. Yeah, that is not good. But Jeff did not know that the number was a personal phone number. He also did not know that the woman's husband, I think it was her husband, was in hospice. I mean, Jeff Lewis is vicious, but 
I think he has the line. I think. I think SAG needs to take a page out of Jeff Lewis's book. Release a list of names of whoever are the people at the top making all the money that should be going to health insurance for actors and tell the fa- and tell the fan base to contact your representative. I don't know the legalities of that, but there's got to be a better way to move the needle than what we've seen. I know this though. I cannot deal with an election year and an actor strike or Bravo strike or anything like that in the same year. So y'all need to get your shit together, okay? And after seeing a disturbing but very real commercial, I think that Kim Kardashian might need to get her shit together. So a friend of mine sent me a video put out by Kim Kardashian, and it seemed very satirical, almost like an SNL skit. But alas, it was a real advertisement for a product that I don't think one woman was asking for. A bra with permanently hard nipples. What the fuck does that even look like, you might ask? It looks like a bra with fully erect nipples, but the nipples are like perfect and small. I'm working on feeling better about my body and my boobs in particular, but I've always been self-conscious about my boobs. I developed early and people stared and I didn't like that. It made me feel self-conscious and hypersexualized like even from a young age. I usually opt out of any tops that show any cleavage or side boob or under boob. I mean, not always, but mostly. And I have pretty great boobs, generally speaking. I've been trying to say, fuck it and wear whatever I want. And to like push myself out of this bullshit idea that I am not allowed to show cleavage. Sometimes you literally can see a whole meaty dick in some dude's pants and they couldn't give less of a fuck i'm like do they not know i had a professor one time whose dick said hello through his dockers every single class it was quite distracting so if it's cool to be distracted by the one-eyed snake then my cleavage can stand so that i can wear the new ivy park noir black velvet leotard which is beyonce's latest and last drop with adidas which I'm wearing right now. They're just boobs. But I still don't think I need permanently hard nipples. Now the advertisement was clever, talking about the polar ice caps melting, but your tits will always be frigid or some shit like that. I'm gonna be dead fucking honest with y'all. My nipples do not now, nor have they ever looked like this bra. I'm lucky if my nipples get prickly because the majority of the time they're smooth. Like, what kind of Austin Powers fembot shit is this? Honestly, I'd buy the bra if I could shoot bullets out my tits. Can you imagine the surprise? You, like, puff your chest up and you're like, freeze, bitch! Actually, that's exactly what your nipples are saying in this bra. Not freeze, bitch, but bitch, I'm freezing. It's innovative. I'll give Kim K that. And I'm not trying to bring an umbrella to a brainstorm, but I do not think I'll be purchasing this. In theory, it seems like a good idea. Men can show their bare nipples, but women can only show nipples through a shirt. So I guess this could be like a way to free the nipple in a roundabout way. But in practice, I think this does more harm than good because, uh, whose nipples look like that all the time? So now we have to live up to even more impossible standards. Fuck. 
We have to be completely hairless with an exceptional head of hair, have to look like we have no makeup on, but also be flawless, have to use tampons that are taxed as a luxury item, and now we're going to give the world the impression that our nipples are rock hard 24 fucking 7. I rebuke this. Man, this is worse than social media envy. Where is Oprah at? I want to know if Oprah thinks this bra will make women more or less unhappy than social media does. Can y'all imagine hugging someone who has this bra on and feeling their fake nips? I guess me and Kim K got beef now. Y'all let her know. Now that it's November, I've decided to get my shit together. That includes no food delivery November. My toxic trait is that I always choose delivery. Always. I don't like leaving the house and it really saves you so much time. And if you're using that time to be productive or binge true blood, that's a win all around. I really want to get passionate about making food and cooking. I think my fear of cooking comes from a lack of knowledge. Oh, and my sister sent me this very special package this weekend that is sure to boost my cooking game. A set of clear glass bowls. Nature is healing, y'all. Also doing a lot of healing are the Real Housewives of New York. There are no major revelations in the last part of the reunion. Sai annoyed me. Shocker. She stated that she did not insinuate that Jessel's husband Pavit was cheating on her by going to Vietnam. Bullshit, bitch. That shit is gaslighting 101. Sai did open up and had a breakthrough about the struggles with her mom. I feel like it was genuine, but I also feel like Sai is smart. And I think she knew she came off bad this season. I think she knew she needed this breakthrough moment for her personal life and her professional life. So Bryn has been engaged three times, but we learned that all three engagements took place after she broke up with them. And she feels like these men shouldn't have to lose her to propose to her. I get that. But also, if it didn't feel right to her, it wasn't. Don't get caught up in that rom-com fairy tale bullshit, Andy. Brynn is really funny. She could be a comedian. I'm glad we got to see her at the reunion because she showed a much more laid-back, like, satirical side. There was a viewer question that came in for Erin after she said during the season that WAP or wet-ass pussy was so gross and offensive. Okay, so Aaron was confused on what WAP meant and thought it referred to the ass region. It does not. It refers to the region that needs to be wet, okay? But when the song WAP was released by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, people lost their damn minds. I never got it, though. Male rappers have been saying the same kind of stuff in their songs about females, like, for years. I remember the song came on the radio when it first came out and my daughter, Madison, was in the backseat. I think she was like 15 at the time and started rapping the Megan Thee Stallion part to like perfection. I think a single tear fell down my cheek in pride. I'm like, that's my girl. There was also a new episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We see Whitney trying to train her environment by making Justin be the one make the couple's counseling therapist appointment. But I think the trick is to not pick someone you have to train. But that's a radical idea. Monica and her mom have some real fucking issues. Monica reveals that the vehicle that she drives is in her mom's name. O-L-D. Or Linda. We learn that LD texted Monica and told her to return the car to her by 4pm or she was going to call the police and tell them it was stolen. 
So Monica apparently pays the car note, but the car is in LD's name. See, why didn't they put the car in Monica's name as well, but just have LD as a co-signer? That seems like crazy-ass control on LD's part. And Monica gets candid about why she's really upset. I mean, she has identified why she is upset. And it's because she feels abandoned. Apparently, Monica's father left when she was four. And when Monica was like 12 or 13, LD brought Monica to live with her friends in Pennsylvania while old LD started a job in New York City. Monica has some major abandonment issues, but it doesn't excuse her behavior, especially at 40 years old. But wisdom and age, they do not go hand in hand. That was the issue with Jen Shaw, right? Like, life has treated me so bad that I'm going to treat other people badly too. And it's acceptable. LD and Monica go to dinner to discuss their issues. And the issue, in my opinion, even though I'm not a licensed therapist, but I am a licensed attorney in almost three states, but OLD is the one who needs to validate Monica's feelings of abandonment from back when she was a child. Instead, LD yelled, Get over it! You're a motherfucker! Um, bitch, you're her mom. I don't get that. I feel for Monica. I'm glad they decided to go to therapy. Southern Charm also aired, and JT has a dinner at his cool, professional spot. And the point is for everyone to rally around Olivia after her brother's passing. Madison calls out Taylor in front of everybody and tells people that Taylor sent a nude photo to Whitney that showed her tits and vagina. Now, I have given Taylor some shit, but I applaud the way she handled this. She was like, yeah, I sent it, and Jesus still fucking loves me, bitch. And then basically everyone in their confessionals all admit to sending nudes. But the lesson learned here is to not send nudes to Whitney in his yellow Italian suit that everyone roasted him for, who is actually the oldest guy in the room, not Chef, as claimed by JT. I did not care for Madison this episode. I feel like she's trying to embarrass Taylor, and it's not a cute look on her. She apparently did it because the guys treated her poorly in the past, but now she's treating Taylor poorly. It's like, don't perpetuate that vicious cycle. Oh, I did another adult thing recently. I got a Ring camera. I've never had one before. And I didn't realize that Ring has its own like neighborhood feature where people post suspicious activities and basically lost dogs. Well, I won't, I don't know what half the posts say because they're in Spanish. So at this point, I need to learn Spanish for safety. I'm doing it little by little each day. Yo como manzanas. I eat apples. Kylie Jenner dropped Kai, K-H-Y, which I guess is Kylie's new clothing brand, but it almost sounds like you're saying why. So if someone is, if you, instead of saying why, you're like, Kai, why, why Kai? I respect Kylie Jenner from a business sense, but I know for a fucking fact without even meeting her that she is not my people after I read a recent quote by Miss Jenner. She said, when I need a confidence boost, I love low-rise pants and a crop top. Bitch, what? That is the most exposed area. Those are the soft parts. You want me to wear low-rise pants and a crop top for confidence? Honey, no. I bet you want my nipples rock hard too. Y'all, we have to resist the nipple bra and low-rise pants. It is criminal at this point. I used to think that I would never wear a crop top. 
I feel like there used to be a time where it's really not that long ago that I felt like I was too old to wear a crop top. And I think it was my daughter who told me that I definitely wasn't too old. Because once I put on that glorious crop top, my entire world opened up. And now I love them. I also watched the David Beckham documentary on Netflix. You guys, Netflix raised its fucking price again. I am over this shit. Now there are like three tiers with the most expensive being like $24. And if you have the cheapest tier, you can't download off the off Wi-Fi. So you can't watch it on a fucking airplane. This is bullshit. We are going to get to the point where the apps combine and we have fucking channels again. I never knew how much hate David Beckham got after the World Cup thing where he like slightly kicked someone who had fouled him. He looked like the character Stewie from Mad TV. Look what I can do. And then kicks his leg to the side. Beckham was 23 years old when that happened. It was inspiring to see him like marching onward despite so much relentless hate. I have a newfound respect for him. And it seems like him and Victoria have a really good relationship. I loved the Spice Girls behind the scenes footage. I enjoyed the documentary all around. Highly recommend it. So the news broke that Rihanna was going on a tour and would be releasing two albums, but then it was quickly dispelled, I guess, by Rihanna herself. She must have the same publicist as Dorit. I, oh my gosh, I saw the most wholesome paparazzi video, and that's not really a word you use describing a paparazzi video, of ASAP Rocky, who is Rihanna's husband. He loves bad bitches, and that's his fucking problem. And he clearly loves bad girl Riri. Anyways, so ASAP is out for a run, I'm assuming in like LA or something. And a TMZ camera person spots ASAP running and starts following him. But ASAP is running really fast. And you can hear this bitch's flip-flops. They're like... And ASAP says to her, he's like, you're going to go on a run with me? And she's like, can I? And so she ditches those fucking flip-flops and runs after ASAP right. She's like... She's like, who's your fucking trainer? Anyway, ASAP turns around and he's like, oh my gosh, you have no shoes on. And she's like, don't tell Rihanna I have ugly nail polish. Oh, that's adorable. So as you know, I had a little ear revision surgery a few weeks ago. Well, I needed to get my stitches out. And I wasn't flying all the way back to New Orleans just to get some stitches out. My doctor told me that I could probably just call a local plastic surgeon's office to remove them and that it would be easy. Famous last fucking words. I called multiple plastic surgeon offices and all of them said, we don't do that. Now that was my first instinct. Like, honestly, for malpractice purposes, you can't just like have someone pop up in your office without being a patient, without any surgical records, and then just get your stitches out. I even tried to call a concierge doctor to come to my house, but I kept getting the runaround on whether they were willing to actually take the stitches out. And one guy who I did get in touch with is a personal doctor and you have to pay an annual cash only fee and he will be your doctor 24 7. I thought about looking into it but then it also seems very mobby. So I ended up going to urgent care and I'm glad I did because I was real close to removing the stitches myself. I was just going to YouTube it. I could hear the exams in the two rooms adjacent to mine. They were all in Spanish Someone's phone alarm was going off in another room, but the paper, the walls were so fucking paper thin that you could hear everything. The tech had gloves on for my sake, 
but was touching the cabinets of, and everything around. So it, I didn't really understand the point. But urgent care jo- got the job done. And I had a female doctor, and she was really nice. And then whenever she left the room, she winked at me. How do we feel about winking? Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. But every single time, I'm caught off guard. Hmm. I don't know. In the midst of my midlife crisis, I decided to write a bucket list. And here's what I have on it so far. One, meet Beyonce. Two, smoke weed with Rihanna and Snoop Dogg. Separately and or together. I mean, if we're wishing for things, right? Three, create a highly successful business that provides me financial freedom and control over my time. That's all I got for now. Oh, I also really want to see the Northern Lights in person. If me, Beyonce, Rihanna, and Snoop Dogg all met up north, smoked weed, and then looked at the Northern Lights. Okay, now I'm just getting greedy. God bless me. Thank you, bitches, for listening to episode 9 of The Rich Room. Don't forget to text me or leave a voicemail with your questions, comments, and critiques at 504-224-9919. Follow me at Lindsay underscore Sobel and also follow at The Rich Room Podcast. Leave us five stars. See you later.